a special edition of The Shot with special guest Katie Davidson. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> and here's to Life Around Binary Star System. Ooh, that's fancy. Mm. I almost didn't do it. I always forget to tap for those of you out there listening. Anyway. That's good. It Ooh, is good. Yeah. Down smooth. Mm. All right. Binary star systems. Binaries. What are they? Where are they? How are they? Why are they? But what are they? So a binary star system is two stars in orbit around one another. Okay, and, and there's different types of them and different centers of gravity that they can orbit and all this stuff. Okay, but binary star systems, two stars in orbit around one another, and half the stars in our galaxy are binary systems. Half really them. half? Half of them. That's a lot more than I thought there were. It's easier to make uh, more than just one. That's true. Oh. That's true. So, uh, oh, and there's some trinaries. Oh. There's a few trinaries out there. And then you have quadruples? I, yeah, there's there's lots of stars getting together. Quanaries? Quanaries? <laughs> I made that up. Okay. <laughs> I like, it. I like it. I like an example, a Sirius, the brightest star in the night sky in Canis Major, uh, binary star system. Or Antares, the, the uh, Scorpius of Scorpion, uh, with the heart of Scorpius, I guess. Yeah, I think Yeah, so. anyway, uh, binary system. So, yeah, I know that. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of binaries out there. So that means, what about planets? around binary star systems. How's that work? Right? Like like Tatooine. 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 Okay, that's a two suns. Okay. Now a lot of people who watch Tatooine that are like astrophysicists or you know, know all, you know, planetary dynamics and stuff, they're like, no, it's not gonna happen. That can't happen. It's not it's not gonna happen. It's difficult. It's difficult. Okay. Uh but, you know, there are uh sun-like stars out there and maybe there could be some right positioning of things mm -hmm. for there to be a Tatooine out there. In fact, um, it is estimated, and I now I got this from Wiki, so take it with a grain of salt, but it's estimated, um, studies have shown that 50 to 60% of binary systems are capable of supporting habitable terrestrial planets oh. within stable orbital ranges. Oh, interesting. So uh, the possibility. I know one. I know one. Kepler four fifty three. Hey, that one. Yep. That's cool. actually like a really? little Star Wars planet. Yeah. A little Star Wars planet. Okay. Oh neat. Okay. So now there's a lot of bad news that goes along with oh, this. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. like to it, it's actually binary systems are a little chaotic. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of gravity being thrown around. A lot of things, a lot of things are a lot of things are moving around. A lot of uh, high temperatures and dynamic situations. Okay, so like for example, young binary stars uh, periodically attract more infalling material from their oh. discs than single Makes stars. Sense. Okay, so a lot of stuff battering on other things. Uh -huh. All right, um, and you can have then uh, frequent energy outbursts from uh, the stars that heat up the gas in the surrounding place uh, places. So, you know, it's hard to get, the smaller stars. it's hard to get things like water mm. sticking around in these situations. Yeah. And uh, it is hypothesized and it's most likely that our planet was seeded from 
uh, you know, the water and comets and these complex organic, uh, yeah, from impacts there. But if it's too hot, you can't have water, right? Make sense? Now, there's some good news. Good news. There's some good news. All right. Low mass binary stars could make the best host for alien life because their combined energy extends the habitable region farther out from that would then that would exist in a single star so you have more room okay in a low mass binary star system to have possible habitable or to have planets form within that habitable zone interesting um and those habitable zones then could allow water to to persist now you really want studies have researchers have looked at this and they've run tests and models and they say that you need a star that's 80 percent massive as the sun okay and when close enough con- together so they have a tight orbit around oh, each other both of them yes 80 80 uh, both of them are 80 percent the mass of the sun okay, in a tight orbit that is like 10 days or less the stars around each other. The stars around each other. They're orbiting in ten days or less. That's cool. Then um, those are the ideal, most ideal conditions for uh, forming habitable planets. Because the stars aren't, they aren't like temperamental, like little tiny red stars. Yeah. Okay, got you, got you. Yeah, and and so um, like. Yeah, there's more temperature fluctuation with when they're further apart from each other. Uh-huh. Um, there's more temperature fluctuations, and mm-hmm. there's more um, extreme conditions that planets would be under versus if you have them right. closer together. Um, also, good news: we, for, we forget moons, moons, oh, moons. moons right? right? So even if a planet forming in a, in a uh, binary star system can't be habitable because of the conditions of the star system. Maybe a moon has formed and the conditions are right for that moon. Maybe an underground ocean like okay. in some of the moons we have in our own solar system where life could. In Europa. Uh, exactly. Uh, Enceladus, mm-hmm. you know, where life could pop, pop in. Up. Yeah, it can be like, hey, That's cool. Yeah. I'm here. Um, so we have to think about moons. So how are we? How are we finding this? What are we gonna do? How are we gonna search for this? How are we gonna verify this? Well, good news. We have technology. One of those being James Webb Space Telescope. Okay, it has a little bit of an ability there to uh, to detect the uh, chemical components of what could be uh, life or organic material, mm-hmm. that sort of thing on exoplanets. Um, there's, I should have looked at this, this, uh, what is it? Anagram, uh, letters. Um, <laughs> I should have looked up what it meant, but the Ptolemon space telescope, uh, this is developed by the university of Sydney. Uh, okay. what telescope? Ptolemon, 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 Ptolemon. Oh, okay. Talman? I don't know. I can't do it. Someone do an Australian accent, and that's no, what it that's sounds right. like. No, that's right. Don't. Do not do it in um, Australian accent. Privately funded by the Breakthrough Initiative, um, with some support from NASA, uh, which is targeting launch in 2023. And it's going to use astrometry. Okay. Um, astrometry. Astrometry, which is, what's astron- ast- astrometry? Astrometry is like... Measuring where stars are and they're oh, uh, and they're okay. changing of position. It's like uh, precise measurements of of okay. uh, distances and motions of stars, and so they're gonna 
use that to try and find any Earth-sized world around our nearest mm. uh, binary star system. Oh, nice. Because you'll be able to see Alpha the wobble. Centauri. You'll oh. see the wobble, the movement of the stars. That's cool. Mm. And uh, they need really fine measurements to look at Alpha Centauri and to see if there's any, any habitable planets around our nearest star system. Because it's so near to us, it's hard for us to resolve that. Mm, okay. um, and, oh, okay. and you know it's hard to uh, it's hard to it's actually harder to observe uh, so there's that then you have juice whatever juice. juice stands for but juice is spelled like juice oh okay like the drink J-U-I-C-E yeah okay and the Europa Clipper they're dedicated okay. to finding underground oceans uh, in Jupiter's icy moons and then you have future telescopes like the Square Kilometer Array. I wonder how big it's going to cover. And the European Extremely Large Telescope. Wait, <laughs> I wonder how, how big, big it's going to be. Extremely large. Extremely large. Oh, extremely large. Gigantic. Extremely large. Uh, they will be able to te- detect more and larger organic molecules and spot life conducive chemicals in atmospheres of two star uh planets oh nice wow yeah people are smart people are really smart yeah people are smart. really smart so a lot of smart people a lot of dumb people (laughs) a lot of of smart people a lot of dumb people anyway uh so you know you we really think about life in the context of like our own solar system Mm -hmm. and it's like you know one star that's average and all right, and the planets, you know, we don't think that there's, you know, a whole, that, that, that half the galaxy, I didn't even realize it was, it was binary star systems. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there could also be life there and how wild and crazy and interesting that would be with those conditions of a, of a star system that we don't, you know, what it would be like to be in. Right. Okay, so, you know, cool. something to think about, something we'll learn. We'll see what's out there in the universe. But for now, that's been the shot with Cosmos with Cosmos with special guest Katie Davidson. You gotta vocally say something from podcast. Hi. Follow us. <laughs> Follow us on all the things. We'll see you next time. Bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>